Hello everyone, Carter here, bringing you another episode of Out of the Hourglass, presented by Nolan Consulting Group, a podcast dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop their teams, and build sustainable growth so that business operations don't run solely through them. We want to get business owners out of the hourglass. Today's episode features our third installment of Lessons in Leadership. NCG Managing Partner Brian Nolan is joined by NCG Partner and Nolan Painting President and CEO Kevin Nolan. This conversation is all about preparing to lead and navigate through uncertain times. Our first COVID winter is steadily approaching and Brian and Kevin are here to help you wrap your head around the future, plan accordingly, and come out stronger on the other side. Thanks for listening and as always, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Enjoy the show! Okay, Carter, thank you very much. Brian Nolan here with my brother and partner, Kevin, Kevin Nolan. Okay, I thought you forgot, Brian. I know, I wanted you to give, okay. give your intro. Uh, Kevin, I love to do these podcasts. Uh, this is Lessons in Leadership 3.0, the third of an endless series, perhaps. Uh, and it gives us a chance to reflect on uh, how we're responding to the environment, how we're leading. Uh, how we need to lead and change. And um, I'll do it from a perspective of Nolan Consulting Group as well as the 117 clients we work with. Kevin will do it, of course, from his perspective, Nolan painting his 125 employees and how he leads. Uh, so, Kev, uh, it's post-election day. Uh, we don't have an answer. Um, so yeah. uncertain times, to be sure. Well, I well, first I want to just kick it off and say that we we just got our heads in the right spot by uh, we just Brian and me just did a 25 mile bike ride um, all the way from our offices here in Conshohocken all the way to Philadelphia, um, and it just was beautiful. Where they're and counting votes as we speak. Yeah, this is basically the birthplace of the nation and the place that will decide the next president of the United States. Here we go. So, so um, uh, like a car in a fog, right? A car's driving. Um, uh, we're in somewhat of uncertain times, and uh, you've been in business a long time, Kev. Uh, it's shown too long. By, it's shown by all kinds of things physically on you. I've had a rough and paper also route. mentally. It's showing, but but that's okay. The group will still get some value here. Um, you you uh, commented to me that this is the most uncertain time you've ever experienced. That's a big statement. What makes that so? Well, uh, so obviously we're, we're here now after the election, and I know this will play a, a week or so later, and we'll know, we'll know who won by that point, but we don't know who's going to win. It's apparently incredibly close, and really, whoever wins, it's just going to underscore how divided the country is. It just doesn't matter because the other half is going to be vehemently upset. So the, the country is extremely divided. Um, obviously, we're still in the mix of a pandemic. As we speak, there's 100,000 cases a day, um, and... Winter is coming. Um, I haven't received PPP forgiveness yet. I know we talk about it, but if I don't get PPP forgiveness by the end of the year, then what is it? Is it a loan at that point? Are we paying taxes on it? Um, And then, you know, I just look at the fact that this year has been so crazy that it actually did happen. We were actually shut down for six weeks. A number of businesses were shut down as well across the country, but it actually happened. That actually happened this year. We were actually shut down. So with all those things, how could you be certain about much um, other than it's a beautiful day today in Philadelphia? Well, you know, but uh, aren't, aren't the indicators generally in the home improvement market still positive? I mean, uh, it, it, this is not what I'll call the sort of garden variety um, 
recession. Yep. This is this is very uh, selective and, and targeted. So yeah. money is. The, it seems like the only place people can spend money is in home improvement. So why not be bullish? Well, in general, um, you always want to be a little bit bullish about your prospects in business, right? Otherwise, you would give up and you wouldn't go to work in the morning. Um, but, you know, there it has been good. It looked really good this summer. At one point this summer, we business was good, and we could almost forget that we were in the midst of a pandemic. And now it's getting cold, and we're heading into the winter, and we're getting pushed back. We've had a couple cancellations. Nothing huge, but we're getting pushed back. And... I have a big company that I'll not be able to probably keep busy, so I'll have to make some layoffs. Um, and, you know, in general, the it just looking forward, uh, the employee hiring employees has pro has really been more difficult than than ever. So strange and as it may it sound, be. then it should be right. Yeah, strange as it may sound, it's it's more difficult than it was last year and the year before, which were that was the number one topic everybody was talking about. But yet it was even more difficult this time. Because we're, we have a really upended society where people are, are moving around. And so we're, you know, we're interviewing people that don't show up to the first day of the job. We're, we're hiring people that, that, that don't show after the first week of the job. Or people that just really aren't a good fit, but they're willing to try anything right now. So we're getting all these different displaced workers. And it's just not something that we feel like we have more, as control, much control over as we'd like. So I think generally speaking, we're confident about the, the midterm future. Right now, it's the short-term future. And then really the larger question is, how do you plan? Like, what do you plan? How do you plan for anything right now? Yeah, so. well, you know, I, we always say uh, planning is more important than the plan. And during, during a bike ride, we said plan and then be agile, agility. Planning yeah. and agility. Yeah, and, and I, I think sometimes it's okay understand. to have more than one plan, right? Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I'm, I'm going to talk about if that. If A shortly. happens, we'll do this. If B happens, we'll I, do that. I, I don't think there's ever been a time more important than now to have more than one plan. Right. So that um, if if a, a trigger happens, which we'll talk about, that you can activate without becoming a deer in headlights. Yeah. Right. Um, so so uh, thinking back, uh, you know, you're you're clearly in the fall of your career. Uh, <laughs> that's, what, that's good. That's what good, are, by the what way. Are the times, <laughs> what, what that's are a good the, thing. What other times can you go back that you reflected. I mean, you've been through a lot, and uh, I do always compliment you for the uh, grit that you have. I, I remember well, you graduated from school, college, and it, there was a recession in 1981, and and yep. you were had a sweatshirt over your head. I, I remember this still, one Thanksgiving, <laughs> and you had sweatshirt, and you pulled the string shut like you were closing yourself out because from the world. Because it was going to be Christmas time, and I was going to have to do some layoffs of maybe I had six or seven people working for me or something, and I was going to have to lay them off, and I was I couldn't stomach the process and the decision and all. I, obviously, I did stomach I it. I feeling so, so sad for my older brother at that time. I yeah. really do. Well, winters have always been pretty tough in the business, as you know. And then, and then the recessions that make them even tougher. Um, sometimes it's good to have a recession every year. So that way, when the big ones come, you're more prepared for them. But, yeah, 1981, 1982, that winter was terrible. The economy was really bad. And, but, I, you know, I didn't have anything to lose. Um, you know, basically, I, I had to pay rent. I had nothing to lose. And then, um, you know, you build from there. But, you know, back when I got to the 90s, we had a recession in 1990, which, you know, a lot of people forgot about. But it was the worst recession for me because um, my wife quit working. Simultaneously, my, that my income went down. And you had like three or four kids. We had like four babies. Under yeah. five. Yep. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, my health insurance was canceled. And so we, 
we couldn't afford, we, uh, they wouldn't take us for a pre-existing condition, so my son was born without insurance, and we had to pay back over years, and that same thing happened a couple different times with, with the insurance policy, and um, it, it just took me years to recover from that financially. I got a debt, my, my credit card, my credit debt was bad, and my, um, it just took me years. I, I think it took me the guts of seven or ten years to recover from that personally, um, and you know, like they say, like it's a it's a recession when your neighbor gets laid off, but depression when you get laid off. And I was depressed there for a couple well, so of years. Well, so let's hit this. What what character and mental state got you, got you out of those times? What what do you sort of lean on in, in times like this? Because certainly, uh, you, you know, it's a plan, you, and it's a you plan. We briefly we we talked about this before. Yeah. You have a beat. You know, you go down and and then you you just rock it right back out of it. Well, you know, actually, then I had a plan. I remember 1992. You can ask some of the people that were working for me, Connell and Colin, and the like. We we were going to go to Atlanta. I was all set to say, who's coming with me to Atlanta? I think it's going to be a faster growth area than 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 Pennsylvania. And so I think we're going to go to Atlanta. And you, they all remember me talking about it. So got it, I tell you, it was a plan. <laughs> I didn't operate on the plan, but I was getting pretty much involved in the plan. So, so it's about looking ahead and at least having some kind of plan. You know, like, uh, well, later, yeah, I see as a question you hear about how do you stay mentally and physically in the game? Well, they call it a kedge, right? A kedge is like a, a, something that you're thinking about that you're going to pull yourself to. So that's what a plan is, right? I mean, I got a plan where I have to, that we're going to be fine and we're going to spend money on marketing and we're going to get through the winter. And then I have another plan where I'm going to have to lay off uh, 10, 20, 30, 45 people, 50 people. We actually have a plan with a budget where we have to lay off 50 people. And um, I, I got to tell you, I just feel better about that than I do about the unknown because the unknown just scares the hell out of me. And once I know, then I now it's about choosing the the, the plan that is most appropriate uh, for whatever triggers are, are happening in the market right now. I go through this this uh, sort of mental state where I'm not allowed to be down. Right, mm -hmm. I'm the leader. Everybody's watching me, and uh, I immediately do the whole IR theory, identity role, and I stop feeling as much as, which right. is good. Don't, you flip a switch Don't quickly, examine your belly button, because right? that's going to be sort of victim. And, and you say, and I've heard you say this, and I, we probably got it from the same book, but you say it a lot. It's say, you say, talk to yourself, don't listen to yourself. Yeah, you listen yeah. to yourself. and you So you tell yourself, yourself how you're going to feel, how you're going to survive, what you're going to do. I, um, I go back to my tools. I, I go back to the IR theory, identity role, and I realize my role as a leader is to get a game plan. And I realize that it's a game. And we as leaders become too absorbed with the business and we need to remember what's really important. And then I attack and then I get a team. I'm always best when I rally a team towards a well, common people, goal. Well, people like when, you, when you're, you're, you're proposing solutions as opposed to complaining. That's right, right? They jump so on if board. You can, if you can muster anything that looks like a solution-based attitude, you're going to rally people around you. Nice. So, so I, I flipped the switch, um, which is, you know, from uh, the, the um, QBQ book series, Flipping the Switch. Uh, it's the second book um, from John Miller. And basically, I realized instantly that I'm, my head is not in a good spot. And uh, this happens in a nanosecond now. It might, might usually take a – sometimes it takes a day or two, once again, if it's really bad. But usually it happens in a nanosecond. I realize – what am I complaining about? How lucky am I, really, at the end of the day? 
And then I think to myself, the only way I'm going to solve this problem is if I do something about it. And I, I basically ask myself a correct question is, yeah. what am I going to do about it? Yeah. And that sort of gets me in the motivated in the right direction. And if, you, you know, if you're sitting here listening to us going like, wow, they're talking about gloom and doom. No, we're not. We're, we just think leaders have to look out and look out far. And the problem is we can't look out very far right now. Right. That's the problem, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. things might be good right now. The balance sheet looks good. But uh, we have no idea what COVID yeah. is Well, so, you know, Andrew had that blog a few weeks back that really stuck with me. And he was having this imaginary conversation with somebody talking about when they were driving in a car, what happens when they approach a hill and they can't see over the hill, what do you do? And then naturally the, the driver said, slow down. And I thought, well, yeah, man, that is so freaking simple that that's just what I do. I'll just slow down the thought process. It doesn't mean I'm not going to continue to plan. It doesn't right. mean I'm not going to think about what could be on the other side of that hill. It could be this. It could be that. You know, today you, you asked about, is it, what about the fog? All the analogies work. Fog, yeah. a, a, a sharp curve. Bottom line is you can't see the road ahead. So what do you do? Well, so, t- so then talk about the next three months. So it's November. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this is your your 99th winter um, in the painting yep. business or something like that. Um, what, <laughs> what, it just it, seems that way. It is your 40th at least, right? Yep. I'm guessing. 42nd probably. Yeah, so um, you're pretty good at this, sort of like, okay, gear up. I actually heard yeah, you this but I never But I never had all those other things I just mentioned to you that's happening now happened all at once it before. It just exacerbates it. But you also didn't have the tools and the mental right. fortitude that you've uh, developed over time. So I heard you talk this morning at 6 o'clock. Um, what's your message to your people? How are you getting, getting the message out? And yep. what does the next three months look like? So I'm really worried about the next 60 days because, you know, from now to the first of the year, uh, but it, yeah, for essentially it could be 90 days. It's really about what do the holidays look like? I mean, are we going to have holidays this year? How does that impact business? Um, so uh, right now we're, we're fairly busy for the next, I don't know, 30 days, 40 days, and we have a big outlook, a big backlog already building for next spring for exterior work. So, so, you know, really at the end of the day, it isn't all that bad. So I got to just take a deep breath, realize that, you know, we can still work our way through this. Um, but, you know, I'm not superstitious. So whatever I think is um, just, if I have a couple different plans, like I said, doesn't mean one of them is going to happen because I'm thinking it. Mm-hmm. So like I told you about, I have a budget that's going to be, if we do half the volume, doesn't mean it's going to happen because I think it, it's just, I want to know what could happen if that happens? So, um, so right now we're we're avoiding any uh, financial commitments. Um, we're just scrolling away our money. Uh, all the mar- all the all the the people that we do business with are looking for, particularly in marketing. What do we want to do? What are we willing to commit to next year? And so we're not willing to commit to much, because last year I had a lot of marketing in place while we were shut down, which was very um, you know it was ironic and wasteful and um, painful. So. Now we're just going to we're going to be careful about our commitments because we don't know what we can commit to. So, but we're we're still interested, and we're going to say, hey, we're willing to get back to you um, after the first of the year and and start you know so, talking about commitments. So that's so that's sort of slowing down the car. Yeah, like you said, exactly. just until the fog lifts a little bit. Yeah, exactly. You know, I I um I'll shout out to Andrew. He would love this the, the concept of a balance sheet budget. So you could a lot of our clients have very healthy balance sheets now because of the PPP and because of the increased in- And they uh, may need it to get to this demand, winter. And they may need it. So do some uh, projections, what your balance sheet may look like in March, 
under under a couple revenue and profit situations, what might they look like? So you could be prepared for it. Um, and uh, well, I now more than ever, I always have that feeling. I wish I could just shut it down right now, uh, head to Florida, and come back in the spring um, with a pile of money. But unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. Uh, to keep the team floating, I'm going to have to still do investing into the team, um, and you know, keep the lifeboat floating and making sure that that people uh, know that there's a future here. So. And I, I think, you know, you, you talk about the lifeboat, it's really important to let the people who are in the lifeboat know that they're in the lifeboat. Yes. And that they are, they're in battle and they would do anything for you and you them. How important is that? Well, you heard in the meeting today, um, and I mentioned it, um, I'm, I socialized some ideas about potential layoffs and things like that. I told everybody that was on the call, I knew who my audience was, uh, the audience were not the people that are going to be let go. Uh, it was the leaders, the job leaders, the crew leaders. They're, they're just, there's no plan for cutting of that, at least not, not now. Um, so I let them know that I was going to be cultivating a little bit of a doom and gloom scenario on our general meeting tomorrow. We're having a general meeting with the whole company on Zoom tomorrow. And I am not going to paint a super rosy picture because I feel like that would be disingenuous. There are some people on that call that will probably lose the jobs over the winter. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to basically let them think everything is great, only then to pull the rug from them. So I'll socialize the idea, um, and I'll also um, you know, tell them that um, we, we keep good people, and people that work hard and contribute always manage to survive here at Nolan Painting. So, so let's, let's pull back then and say, okay, let's look at the whole year 2021. <clears throat> let's, let's pull away from uh, all these bad things happening and saying, okay, um, how, how are you planning? Let's talk about a best case and a worst case. Because I like to, I, I did my planning meeting last week um, with my team, and we first planned what we wanted 2021 to look like, and then we took a break, and I said, okay, come back, make pretend we lose 20% of our business, and we talked about how we, we're going to go about that. I actually felt really good. So my growth strategy, I, I think it's important because you, you just told me today you just did a four-year vision. Yes. So this is a time to vision. And so, by the way, it doesn't have COVID in it anywhere. The word's not even mentioned. There you go. So. There you go. So the, the concept of uh, a vision um, so that you can then plan how big, where you want your business to go. I, I find this time of year, because I don't naturally vision because I'm working in the business a lot still, coaching a lot of you people. But when I do vision, I feel so much better about myself and about yeah. the business. Well, it is a good going. time of year to be doing it. And I, I do get into the habit of doing it this time of year. And so, um, and so I did get into the habit of doing it a couple of weeks ago. I got back into it. And we've already had a couple planning meetings. And like I said, I've got one scenario where we uh, cut the company in half. We lose a half a million dollars in 60 days, first 60 days of the, of the year. And so I said, hey, that's worst case scenario. I think we can do better than that. I think we can do better than worst case scenario. So that automatically makes everybody feel a little bit better because we know we're going to do better than the worst case scenario. So that helps. But you also know that if something bad happens, you've got yes. a plan to act on that. Yeah. So let, let's just talk about this, this concept of risks, triggers. I, I learned this years ago in the corporate world when I was head of planning for a company called Core. After we did our business, plan, we list out all the risks, and then we said, okay, what could happen? Triggers. 
that will trigger when the risk becomes an issue because it's not an issue yet. So risk, trigger, issues, action. Risk, trigger, issue, action. Risks. Um, business is going to downturn. Triggers. Leads fall by X amount. Close rates fall because people are afraid to buy because I they're lose, going slow. I lose more than half a million. Maybe, maybe half a million is my tolerance. <clears throat> exactly. COVID cases go up in your business. You have to. The uh, stock market goes down. Um, you can't hire feet on street. Uh, you lose a star salesperson. Um, triggers. Your AR starts going up. That's a trigger. Right. Trigger. Then all of a sudden that becomes triggers an issue. And, um, and then you have an action with every issue. And so I like to say, let's get someone on my team to be a watchdog over um, the different triggers so that we can catch the risk before it becomes too big of an issue. Well, and if you're watching your KPIs, these, these triggers become pretty quick. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's looking how many leads you get per day, obviously looking at whether you're closing these leads. And what's the average job size? I mean, that's the that's the like where the blood is. Like if you, if that's happening, and then obviously other triggers um, will indicate you know maybe some things like how many people you can hire and things like that. So you know it's funny because I'm I've been in the in the lifeboat since since actually March 21st. We never really got out of the lifeboat. Um, we've been all in the lifeboat because I made a lot of cuts then. In fact, I've talked to some other businesses that didn't make those cuts then. So I made a lot of cuts when we came back in, in May, and they were really painful. Um, I might have talked about them in earlier calls. I let go lots of uh, staff, some salespeople. I let go an HR person. I, I, I literally cut our, our break even by a couple hundred thousand dollars a month. And um, so I've had the benefit of that all along. And so that right now, I don't necessarily have to do as much of that, which is nice. Nice. But I do have to do some of it. And mm -hmm. so once again, that's why... I've been sort of cultivating this. Um, I'm going to have to make a couple layoffs. People should be aware. Um, and then, like you said before, I go and tell other people, don't worry, you're not part of the group. Um, but that's just the way I roll. I'm honest, and I, I couldn't say one thing and then do another. So it's better if I'm just honest about it. Yeah, um, yeah. And then, obviously, you know, tell people how to add value. Um, you know, you add value when you're accountable, when you're upbeat. Um, when you don't you don't have a lot of a head trash, when you're a high performer, these are these are people that I, you always find a way to keep. A high value person, you always find a way to keep. So, you know, one of the, the um, questions here was, what do you ask for and expect from people who you bring in the lifeboat? Because if I'm bringing you in the lifeboat, man, you're on board. I expect so all the things I just said. Complete engagement. Yep. And battlefield. Awareness. Yep. I need you to be aware of. You know, just before the shutdown, I had a person in our office that was running around saying, I'm so worried about getting the COVID. And she was wringing her hands, wringing her hands, and she was making me really nervous. And this is before the shutdowns. And she was saying it over and over again. And I thought, I got to get rid of her. She's making me nervous. <laughs> and so the, so the COVID came. Uh, we, we were shut down. We brought, opened it back up again. I didn't bring her back. Yeah, you know, there, there are people that uh, give you energy and people who take it away. Yep. So time to prune the takeaways uh, there. So our takeaway from this, this particular session is that to have your planning sessions, use your team, go through your normal visioning, your uh, SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, come up with your big rocks, and then 
we're talking about doing a second plan here, okay? So save as, do, do a second budget, and um, get ready, be on the balls of, of your feet. Now, Kev, um, getting ready for this year, how do you stay <coughs> mentally and physically fit at your, again, late oh, easy age in life? Um, how do you do it, Kev? I just kicked your butt in a bike ride, so you got some work to do. I don't know if do. you kicked anybody's uh, butt. You couldn't ride. keep up. And with the only me reason the why we're home. biking is because you're you're too lame to run. I have so <laughs> I, I have plantar fasciitis. It's a big deal. You never had that okay, before. Well, I don't go beating on you. So, um, so I was telling you before that, like, really, believe it or not, it's strange. I don't know whether it's my age or not, but sleep is more important to me. Um, I don't need a ton of it, but I do need a solid seven and a half. And I find that when I don't get it. I am not operating at 100%. Now, that's probably always been the case my entire life. But when you get down to the fourth quarter here, when these years are so important, these days are so important, I don't want any subpar days. So sleep is incredibly important. Um, obviously, I've, I've been a health freak. Most people know I, I eat a lot, ate the right foods, and I exercise a lot. Those things are incredibly important, more so now than ever. Finding new ways to stay motivated around that. Um, I was telling you, I just got a new smart trainer for my bike. I can bring it inside. It connects to my phone, and, and I can spin on my bike, and it'll connect to a TV, and I can take myself to Fantasylands and bike there. So I'm psyched about that. Um, next week, I'm going down to Florida to, to camp on my property all by myself um, to just investigate the area um, just because it's fun. Uh, I signed up for a half Ironman in June, so I've got that kedge out there to keep me in fit, you got to get ready for that half half Ironman, or you're going to get your butt kicked. So that's that's it. And so I just look for fun things that I can plan for. Once again, it's that planning. Well, um, so I did, to get I, busy on projects. Just read something recently that intrigues me. Uh, this article, the author said to limit daily decision making. Should I work out or shouldn't I work out? Right. Uh, should I wear this or shouldn't I? Uh, I wear this. Should I? Eat this hamburger Dude, for if lunch. That, if it was optional, should I, I would hardly ever do, do it. This? And it's the, not so, optional. <laughs> yeah. The best athletes, they, they do a plan, and then they don't make daily, daily decisions. They activate the plan. It becomes routine. If, save the, uh, the brain space for yeah. the important yeah, everybody, everybody stuff. Everybody thinks I love running. I love running after I run. Actually, I love running about halfway through the run, from that point after, all the way to the after. To the first half of the run and the, even the getting out the door, particularly if it's hot or if it's cold or if it's raining or if it's all that, um, that's really hard. So, so set the course, even, even if it's not as long out, it's at least yeah, a week or two. if you follow me on Strava, you'll see that I do 25 miles a week and I drag my butt out there and do 25 mi miles a week running whether I feel like it or not. Yeah. So, so uh, final question. Um, in your vision, you said to me shortly ago, uh, there it is. It's on paper now. Yikes. Once I write it down, it's got to happen. So uh, you're, you're in the final uh, four years as CEO anyway. Um, how will you transfer? Incidentally, you know, I could still run for president in 16 years from you now. You could, I guess, at the age. Apparently. How, how will you transfer um, the grit, the urgency, the, the decision-making uh, planning over these next four years and how to use this crisis this as an opportunity to do that well you definitely learn from crisis to crisis and we are opening up some of the playbooks that we had from 2008's crisis that was financially a crisis and it's it's not the same at all right it's not the same at all but a lot of the the playbook is the same um 
particularly when it comes to, you know, how you make decisions. Um, so my MO is to socialize ideas, um, even to socialize various options or, you know, the, the different scenario planning, um, and then generally get comfortable around one of them using input from others, um, mm -hmm. and then act on one of them. Mm -hmm. Act on it. Because really, you know, you, I, I, I always talk to people that are doing this, and they talk about planning, and I said, did you do your plan? And they said, well, I haven't finished it yet. There's no such thing as an unfinished plan. There's, there's basically not a plan if it's not finished. So it's not a plan. <laughs> yeah. So if it's, if it's, you have to finish the plan by X date, and we have dates around it, um, and then we will act on it. And then we won't make changes to the plan. We obviously had the different scenarios we talked about. But generally speaking, we'll try to stick to the, the plan. And then we will, uh, at a quarter, at a quarter, at a three-month mark, we might make substantive changes to the plan. And then, and then you will cascade that plan down uh, so people at different levels can start yes. to make decisions in that context. Everybody will know the plan. Yeah, um, and the depth of the plan will be up to the individual capacity of the individual. But there'll be a one-page, it's actually a two-page, a vision on one side, and then all the hard, all the rocks and action items of the, of the planning process on the back side. And again, so, the, the uh, CPP, the cascading planning process, uh, is more important than the actual plan because your OTB or on the business meetings continually to address how the environment is changing and how you need to have agility and, and why change the plan with it. needs to change because exactly of it. it's all in context yep yeah exactly uh so kevin and i um will be back uh in, i guess we'll be back within 90 days yeah we'll be back we'll, and, we'll and get to find out maybe some what of the happened. fog is lifted right maybe yeah. maybe there's a vaccine by then um right mm. maybe um Restaurants are open. Maybe we can go to concerts again. Certainly someday. Maybe if travel to Italy, do that bike ride we talked about in Italy. Yeah. yeah right? We had that canceled in, in the summer. Yeah. Certainly at some point uh, there will be that, um, and we will all probably appreciate it all the more. Yeah. So we should. Yeah. Until then, um, everybody, thanks for being here. And uh, uh, my last message would be to um, get your team together. Um, it's two, three, four people, and uh, teams win. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Go right. plan and then act on it. Thanks, Kev. Nice to be here. Thank you. You bet. Take care. Take bye care. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business consulting firm with coaches located around the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd like to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.